This is Centennial Sounds from member-supported Colorado Public Radio and CPR Classical. Composer Benjamin Park felt exhausted during the 2016 election. He remembers the nonstop political coverage. People argued. They talked past each other. They didn't listen to the other side. It's almost like the discussions that people were having politically or, or otherwise were not about the things that we needed to be talking about. They were about the way in which we were talking about them. So he decided to write music that embodied that disconnect. He composed a somber passage where the musicians play the same melody, but it never lines up. It's like a bunch of people talking to themselves and thinking they're having a conversation. So the idea behind that was moving at different speeds and not quite being on the same page. But Ben Park didn't want to write a depressing piece. The music becomes hopeful, maybe even uplifting. I'm Brad Turner. This is Centennial Sounds from Colorado Public Radio and CPR Classical. Each episode, we take one new composition, from a modern composer and explore what inspired the music. Then we sit back and hear an exclusive recording of the piece in its entirety, no interruptions. Benjamin Parks for Purple Mountains, a composition for the Flatirons Chamber Music Festival in Boulder, Colorado, is coming up soon. But first, the story behind it. And here to tell that story is our producer, Rebecca Romberg. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Brad. So tell us more about Benjamin Park. Ben's a Boston-based composer. He's teaching at the New England Conservatory. And last year, some of his friends from NEC came to him and asked him to be the composer in residence for the inaugural year of this chamber festival that they wanted to start in Boulder. And basically what that means is writing music specifically for this festival. That's a good gig. Yeah, super cool. And I actually got to talk to him in Boulder during rehearsals for the festival this year. We ended up talking in a classroom and just down the hall there were rehearsals And when Ben was writing for Purple Mountains, he told me that he wanted to write a piece about Boulder, which is where the festival is being held and was being held for the first year. But he had never been to Boulder before. So he wrote most of the piece in Boston, but he waited to finish the piece until he got to Colorado. Driving up to Boulder to see the flat irons. And of course, once you land in the Denver airport, you see the Rockies right away. But just to see this thing you've been writing about and thinking about in person was inspiration to finish the piece. It's really melodic. It's, it's kind of majestic sounding. Yeah, Ben really is a sucker for big, majestic melodies. Uh, just to give you an example, he started playing the French horn in high school after seeing the Star Wars movies, and uh, particularly the moment when Luke is watching the two sunsets and, and John Williams. Because the French horn plays that gorgeous melody there. Right. fell in love with the French horn in that moment. And so John Williams has been a big inspiration for him moving forward as well. And classical music has been a really big part of his life ever since he was a kid. One of those like early classical music memories that he has is going to the symphony. I remember being uh, taken to the Boston Symphony Orchestra at Symphony Hall. I think it's for my 10th or 11th birthday. And 
I remember the Red Sox losing <laughs> their playoff series that night. And he mentioned Symphony Hall in Boston there. Um, he spent a lot of time there, for those who aren't familiar with the layout of uh, the city of Boston. The New England Conservatory is actually right down the street from Symphony Hall. so That's where he works now. Right. So he spends a lot of time in that area. And uh, he actually wrote a piece about the kind of physical changes happening around the campus and around Symphony Hall. He wrote this piece about memory because he was walking down the street and he remembers seeing this cello design in the sidewalk. And he had this thought about, well, all these people are gonna walk by and see this cello in the sidewalk and never think about the fact that there were hundreds of people who walked that very same place and that cello never existed before. All right, so Ben likes to write music that kind of has a sense of place to it. How does this bring us back to For Purple Mountains, which is the piece he wrote for the festival in Boulder? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Ben does give a sense of place with his writing, and Four Purple Mountains is written about Boulder. And he says the title is actually a direct reference to Boulder. It was written for the Purple Mountains of Boulder. And For Purple Mountains, that's a line out of America the Beautiful. Right. So the title is actually a reference to three things, according to Ben. A triple pun, if you will. A triple pun. A triple pun. So uh, it's in reference to Boulder, like I said, written for the Purple Mountains of Boulder. Um, And it is a reference to the lyric in America the Beautiful. For Purple Mountain Majesties Above the Fruited Plain, as I'm sure you are familiar. Oh, yeah. The other thing, the the last meaning that Ben really wanted to focus on is it's a metaphor to comment on the division in our country. The idea of purple being a mix of red and blue and the mountains being this more metaphorical divide between us. I wasn't going to write a piece that was going to fix that, of course, but to have a certain element of hope. So he's talking about this, this political divide, but in a larger sense, he's talking about how we can be brought together. And one of the ways that he wanted to address you know, unifying the country was actually by using an American patriotic tune. So America the Beautiful is used in a lot of different ways, and he's adapting the melody at different points in the piece. So here's an example of of a pretty ominous adaptation of America the Beautiful. And so part of the reason why America the Beautiful was was the tune that he ended up choosing was because it's come up at some really meaningful moments for him in the past few years in very meaningful ways. So the first time is at his synagogue in Boston. Um, the rabbi had the congregation sing America the Beautiful after 9-11 in 2001. And then the congregation sang America the Beautiful again 15 years later during the 2016 election. And, you know, I'm sure you remember it was an intense campaign. And Ben's rabbi basically said to the congregation, I want you to think about the last time that we sang this. And it's it's time for us to sing it again. The reason why I picked this tune in particular, I could have picked a number of different American patriotic tunes, was it's a much more inclusive 
song. It's it's not about war. It, the tune's not a drinking song, and it's not a, a tune that's uh, used in a country's national anthem that we rebelled from. It was interesting to me just because in 2001 was probably a moment where, for unfortunate reasons, the country was very unified, maybe the most unified it's been in this century so far. But that was also something I was thinking about when writing this piece, not just how music has the potential to bring people together, and but the idea that to be celebrating more, you know, what we're a part of and not, you know, what makes us all different. Wow. So he talks about America the Beautiful on this really deep emotional level. It's really personal for him. Absolutely. And it really is the backbone and driving energy behind his composition. And if you're kind of listening for those moments, they pop up in little bits all over the place. All right. So show me show me an interesting part where we can hear this. All right. So listen to this. He's adapting a portion of America the Beautiful to sound like a klezmer tune, which ties directly to the Jewish community. And the part of the song that you want to be listening out for in this section is America, America, God shed his grace on thee. It gives a nod to the Jewish community specifically, but also part of the reason why he wanted to adapt the tune of America the Beautiful into a different culture was to give a nod to all of the different communities that make up America. We're a big melting pot of a country. Exactly. Uh, and, and remember the section at the very beginning where the musicians play the same music but at slower and slower speeds? Yeah. It's a portion of America the Beautiful. So it's a modified version of Four Purple Mountain Majesties Above the Fruited Plain. So we can hear that if we listen. Mm-hmm. So America the Beautiful is packed into this piece in a, in a few different ways. Did Ben have an ultimate message he wanted to leave listeners with when they hear the piece? He really wanted to say that this is a hopeful piece. If, if someone can write a piece of music about coming together, that it's not such a, a far-fetched notion. It's a little lofty in terms of the, like you know, dreaming of, of that, but we have a, a wonderful country and we have all these great traditions and it would be a shame to not you know, embrace that and to not celebrate that whenever we get the chance to do so. All right, so let's hear the full piece. Recorded in the CPR Performance Studio, a piece that debuted at the Flatirons Chamber Music Festival in Boulder. This is For Purple Mountains by Benjamin Park.
That was for Purple Mountains by Benjamin Park, performed in the CPR Performance Studio by musicians from the Flatirons Chamber Music Festival. That's Alex Gonzalez and Patrick Yim on violin, Joshua Anderson on clarinet, Kenny Lee on cello, and Molly Goldman on viola. Uh, I'm here with our producer, Rebecca Romberg. Now, Rebecca, the piece we just heard was from the inaugural edition of the Flatirons Festival last year. And this year, Benjamin Park wrote a new piece. Yes. He wrote a piece called Thoughts and Prayers, and the title is in reference to the phrase that politicians will often offer up after mass shootings. This makes it sound like all of my stuff is really political, which I don't think it is. But this is this phrase that I think in many cases is from a sincere place, but at the same time has also come to be ridiculed in a certain sense that like, oh, well, thoughts and prayers aren't going to, you know, fix the loops and background checks. And like, it's just a stock response. It's a piece that seeks to restore some of the value to that phrase. All right, so more music to explore from Ben Park. Rebecca, thanks for bringing this story to us today. Thanks, Brad. Next time on Centennial Sounds. Composers have written piano etudes for centuries. They're little pieces designed to help a pianist get better at a certain skill. But who writes one in the 21st century? A composer named David Rakowski does. He's written 100 of them including this piece called Apso Funkin Lutli. We hear Boulder pianist Amy Briggs play music by David Rakowski. That's next time on Centennial Sounds from CPR Classical and Colorado Public Radio. Composers write amazing music every day, and a lot of it's performed right here in the Centennial State. 
Our mission is to connect you with it. Centennial Sounds features recordings made in Colorado, sometimes in concert, sometimes at the CPR Performance Studio. We get to know the composer who wrote the piece, visit them where they work, and hear their stories. Thanks to Benjamin Park and the musicians of the Flatirons Chamber Music Festival for sharing their music today. Martin Skavish recorded the music for this episode. Cindy Carpian, Rebecca Romberg, Daniel Mesher, and John Pino helped produce the feature. Jeff Zumfeldy is our music advisor. Head to CPR.org for more on the musicians we featured today and more episodes of Centennial Sounds. I'm Brad Turner, Colorado Public Radio. Thanks again for listening to Centennial Sounds. This podcast is made possible by CPR members. Learn about supporting CPR or join today at CPR.org.